Next month, I'm going to be 63, so it goes with the turf. How's everyone doing tonight? Good. Welcome to all of you. If you've not been with us before, I see a few new faces. And you know, we are live streaming this, so welcome to all those who are watching at home. I call this, now hold on to your hats, I know this is a very unique homily title. Three gifts, three kings. You were supposed to laugh, guys, really. Not now. Now, that was good. Now, we've all heard this story, right? Very familiar story to all of us, right? We've heard this over and over again. But I think there are three lessons that we can take away from the story of the Magi, the epiphany, you know, of the Lord. I mean, I think there are. The first is this. Every single one of us is gifted. Every single one of us is unique. There is not one person sitting in this church or watching us at home who is not gifted. Now, you've heard me say that many times before. Because it's true. God didn't create any of us with absolutely no giftedness at all. Every one of us has gifts. Now, you might sit there and say, well, I could do this or I could do that. But you know what? I don't know. I don't know about gifts and God and what can I do for God? Let me tell you, you are dead wrong. Because any gift you have is a very important gift to God and to the community of faith. Very important. Secondly, it, you know, it calls us to think again about our gifts. We have to claim our gift and we have to use it. It's so very important. So that's the first lesson. Because folks, that's what disciples do. Disciples claim their gifts and disciples make a choice to use their gifts. Secondly, no one of us has all the gifts that we could have, we could need, right? We don't. Because as Christians, what do we believe? Like St. Paul says, you know, the church, has, is a body. The body is the church, and the body has many members, right? And we are all members, and we all contribute to the well-being of the church, just like the body, you know, has different parts, right? And all contributes to the well-being of who we are. And Paul uses that beautiful image to describe the church. And we think about that in terms of gifts, and that's so true. Now, I'd like to share a story with you. I know I've told you that at the end of our second year in seminary, we had to, um, you know, work in a hospital, right, as student chaplains. I've mentioned that to you a number of times in different homilies. What I didn't tell you was this. My supervisor, after about three weeks or so, called me in, and we were sitting there having a real honest discussion face-to-face. And he looked at me and he said, you know, Richard, 
Hospital work and ministry to the sick and the dying is not your gift. (laughs) And intuitively, I knew that. So fast forward a few years, and I get sent to my first parish, Holy Trinity in Westfield. I was 29 years old when I was ordained. My pastor was 65, and the other associate was 64. And the other associate was perhaps the most gifted and talented individual I've ever met in my 32 years as a priest in his ministry to the sick, the homebound, and those who were dying. I was so envious of how with such ease and grace, he was able to minister. Meanwhile, you know, there was me in the kindergarten trying to teach kids to sing a song that I was making up. Jesus loves me, you know. But see, that was my gift, and that was his gift. And you know what? Isn't that a great thing? To be able to say, hey, someone's sick, call Father Matt. Kid has a problem, give Father Rich a call. You know, to claim what we own and who we are is so very important. Very important. Don't waste time longing for gifts that other people have. Do not waste time longing for gifts that other people have. You might be super intelligent. You might be the class clown who makes everyone laugh, right? I had two friends in high school, Anna and Marty. They were the two funniest people you'd ever want to meet. They were wonderful. Whenever you were feeling down, go to Anna and shoot. Not this Anna. She's far too young to be my classmate. (laughs) You know, and, and she would just make you laugh with what she would say or do. Perhaps you are a good listener, and people go to you because of that. Or perhaps you have broad shoulders and sometimes people need to cry on those shoulders. Maybe you're blessed financially. You see, we've all been gifted in different ways. And we have to remember that all those gifts are because of a God who loves us. The third lesson we take away from today is this. Every gift is necessary. Every single gift is important. There are no unimportant gifts. None too big and none too small. Now, these three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh actually describe the person of Christ. Okay? Gold signifies Jesus as king. The frankincense talks about, speaks to his divinity. And the myrrh indicates Jesus as our savior. If one of these gifts were missing, we'd have an incomplete image of Jesus himself. Each of those gifts is important and each has a specific purpose. And folks, it's exactly the same with you and with me. 
the gifts that our God has blessed us with. And it's only when we take the opportunity that each one of these gifts is used to the fullest can God's kingdom become real. A kingdom of justice, a kingdom of compassion, a kingdom of mercy, goodness, and love. So these are the three lessons that we take away from this beautiful feast. Let me add a fourth. Let me add a fourth. Do not hide your gift. Do not keep it for yourself. Be like the Magi. Be like those kings who came to the Christ child to offer their gifts for God's service. It's only then that we become disciples and in turn can we make disciples. Amen.